You may be seated. Actually, no. Let's do this. If you're a mom, remain standing. Everyone who is not a mom may be seated. What I want to do, first of all, is wish you all a happy Mother's Day, all you moms who are standing. And also, I want to be aware that I know with Mother's Day, even though it's a day of celebration, that there are many of you who have lost a mom or who Mother's Day has a a difficult meaning for you. And we want to be sensitive to that as well. I want to pray for you ladies right now and those of you maybe who have gone through times of hardship and Mother's Day is not a day of celebration for you but is a day of just difficulty. I want to pray that the Lord would turn that around and redeem this day, buy it back, that it would be a day that you can celebrate. Let's pray. Father, bless these moms, these women. Lord, I pray that your hand would be upon their lives, that you would give them strength. And Lord, for those who are here who are experiencing hurt or sorrow on this day, we pray that you would wrap your arms around them, that you would bring comfort to them, that you would give them peace and recognition that you are with them. Father, I pray that you would make this day beautiful in their lives, and that you would honor them, Father, with their faithfulness to you. We thank you again for your goodness and your blessings, Lord, for your mercy that endures forever. May it pour out upon us this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I'd like all you who are sitting down right now to stand up and say Happy Mother's Day to those who are standing up. We're just going to take a couple of minutes. If you need to go to the restroom, you can go to the restroom. If you need to grab coffee. We're going to interrupt our study and journey through the book of Acts this morning because it's Mother's Day. And so I want to kind of gear some things. And I was really going back and forth on what I wanted to do and how I was going to share This morning, but open to Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1, we're going to be reading verses 1 through 9. If you need a Bible, raise your hand and they'll get you one. I see that hand. Just hold your hand up and you can join along when we get there. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David king of Israel, for attaining wisdom and discipline, for understanding words of insight, for acquiring a disciplined and prudent life, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning. And let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching. They will be a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. Solomon is one of the most powerful kings 
after David, Solomon came into the throne and he developed the kingdom, built the temple and established wealth that was known worldwide so that people would come to see Solomon and gain wisdom from him just because of who he was. His wisdom was known all throughout. And so here is a man who has this power and this authority and has this prestige and has this position that is reverenced by everyone there in the kingdom. I mean, kings are different than presidents. They're, they're, they're a lot higher up there. They don't have to go through Congress. They don't have to do those things. What they say goes. And he's telling us now how to get wisdom, a prudent life, to develop discretion, to develop the things in our life that will be valuable. And I, I wanted, for Mother's Day, I wanted to throw this in. How did Solomon treat his mother? Who was his mother? His mother was Bathsheba. Their circumstances weren't the best. It wasn't the best marriage. You know, you guys know those marriages that are difficult, like, oh, I wonder how it's going to work out. That's probably, you know, David and Bathsheba. Ooh, how's this one going to work out? Yeah, they've got some tainted things in their past. Yeah, murder, you know, <laughs> that's just for one of them. There, there is a lot of dysfunction already in the family, but how did Solomon treat his mother? And we see a glimpse of that in 1 Kings Chapter 2, verse 19, when Bathsheba went to King Solomon to speak to him for Adonijah, the king stood up to meet her, bowed down to her, and sat down on his throne. He had a throne brought for the king's mother, and she sat down at his right hand. That's just for you moms. I want you guys to know that the king who had this authority, when his mom came, he bowed himself to her and had her sit on his right hand. Now, I, I think that's important because what's taking place here in this Proverbs and this desire to give us wisdom includes the instruction of a father and the teaching of a mother. It, it includes a family. It includes that unit that is supposed to be a part of a person's life that is valuable in our lives. And having the respect to honor your father and mother is an important thing to God. Now, one of the things that we tend to do, or I tend to do, the book of Proverbs, it's a book of wisdom. And so you think of it, well, this is, this is a book of wisdom. This is how you gain wisdom. But it's not a book of wisdom just in itself. It's wisdom connected to a belief. What do I mean? Well, in Proverbs 30, verse 8, it kind of gives a clear description of it. It says, Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, Who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. You see... Solomon is saying, don't let me get so much money that I don't think I need you. Don't get me to that place where my riches become my life and they become my consumption. And don't let me be so poor that I steal. And what, what's so bad about that? I'll get caught and I'll go to jail? 
know that I would dishonor the name of God. You see, this wisdom that is spoken of throughout this book and throughout all the scriptures is connected to God. It's not just things that will help you get through the hard times. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. It's not that kind of wisdom. It's wisdom that is connected to God. Recognition that our lives, to have wisdom, need to be connected to the living God. The scripture is there to do the same thing. It is given so that we might have an understanding of this relationship that we have with God. It's not just information. It's not just stories. These things are written so that we can connect to the living God, to have a perspective that it's for God's sake that we might not deny him in our prosperity, that we might not profane him in our hour of need. God, let me live a life that recognizes you always. And you see, that's what the Proverbs are trying to, to teach us. That's what they're trying to give us, is, is that connection and wisdom that's not separated or disconnected from God. There, there was a Ry Cooter song years back in one of the verses it said, you can go to your college, you can go to your school, but if you ain't got Jesus, you're just an educated fool. <laughs> and you see, all the learning in the world, if it is not connected to the author of life, is empty and falls short. And so if we are going to walk in wisdom, we need to be connected to the author. We need to have recognition for him. And that's what the scripture is about. That's what the book of Proverbs is about. And that's what our lives are supposed to be about. We don't just come to church we don't just tell Bible stories. We live lives in relationship to the living God. And his life affects ours. Because he is at work within us and through us. Otherwise, we're falling short of what he desires. As he goes on and he gives these list of things to attain wisdom, discipline, understanding, words of insight, acquiring a discipline and prudent life, doing what is right, just and fair, giving prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. I mean, he gives this whole list of things that he's writing for, and he tells us as he's writing these things and he comes down to verse 7, he says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge but fools despise wisdom and discipline. I've been foolish in my life. Anyone else? How many of you love discipline? Yeah, me either. It, something about that. And think about what, 
Discipline is bringing structure and constraint to point you the right direction. A disciplined life. Why don't we like it? Because that means that someone is above us. Someone is telling us what to do, and we don't like to be told what to do. I still don't like it. And it doesn't matter where it's coming from. If it's a boss, if it's a wife. I have to listen to my wife if I want to live happy. And I have to listen to my boss if I want a job. Discipline is a part of our lives continually. But the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Now, this idea of fear is a troubling one for us because usually when we think of fear, we think of being afraid. I think of the times when I had fear in my life, when someone threatened to beat me up and I had fear. And so the fear of the Lord, my mind tends to go, fear of the Lord, why is he going to beat me up? What's going on? You know, what's taking place that I have to fear the Lord? But there's another type of fear that does not involve terror. It involves actually awe and even inspiration. And I was trying to put my mind around how I could give a description of this, and I I found this, and I thought this was interesting. It's called the Skywalk in Arizona. Have you guys heard of this? It's real. There is... 3,600 feet from here to wherever it goes down here. 3,600 feet, and it's 66 feet from here to there. And you can't see it right here, but there's a guy right there. I don't know what he's doing. But anyway, the skywalk, what's interesting about it, not only does it go out over the Grand Canyon, but it's got a glass floor. So these people right here, they're walking on like a glass so that they can see all the way down. Now, how many of you say there's no way in God's green earth that I would go on to that? Okay. Well, this is not for you. No. (laughs) The amazing thing about the skywalk is that it produces fear. It produces fear. Awe. Yet a million people every year go out there and walk on it because not only does it produce that fear and that awe, it also inspires. It actually draws people to want to go out and experience what they could not experience any other way unless they stepped out and walked on that thing. Now, I get it. Some of you... That's just, can't do that. It's, you know, got that vertigo or whatever they call it, or arachnophobia or whatever those phobia is. <laughs> Fear of giant spiders falling, whatever it is. There is something in you that says, I cannot go there. Because what fear does is bring limits. Any phobia brings limitation. And so if you're afraid of heights or something like that, you stay on solid terra firma. If you're afraid of 
enclosed spaces, claustrophobia, you stay out of closets and you stay in the open area. If you're afraid of spiders, you again stay out of my backyard because there's a lot of them back there. It just limits you to where you will go and what you will do. But the fear of the Lord, when you fear the one who draws you by his beauty, by his majesty, who tells us that his love is able to eliminate all fear. If you fear the one who loves you completely and draws you to himself by the beauty of his holiness, the psalmist tells us, then your boundaries disappear. And you're not afraid of anything. And what God is trying to do is open the doors to our lives. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It's the beginning of being able to see things in the right way, and the right perspective. If you don't have this awe and respect of God's majesty, you don't see anything correctly. There are so many things that, that grab our emotions, grab our fears, that cause our minds to think. And, and we were made to think. You know, it's the amazing thing about us as human beings, as opposed to many animals, is we don't grow up just having this ability to take care of ourselves. You know, you ever see one of those... National Geographic or whatever those shows that they show a horse being born or something like that and it's kind of goopy and icky for a while but then all of a sudden this thing gets up and it starts walking you know on its legs like oh, and it starts. <laughs> that's my horse imitation okay <laughs> it starts moving along and you're thinking this thing's only hour not even hours old and it's walking and then it starts like galloping. I'm not going to try that. But it, it, starts, it starts moving along. And pretty soon you're thinking, how on earth did this thing know the ability to do this? Or birds. And how quickly they learn to fly. We're, we're not quite like that. There's some things that are innate and we're able to pick up right away. You know, a child's able to nurse right away. They know how to, to suck and their eyes dilate right away when light comes. And if you kind of like drop them, they kind of, you know, go like that. <laughs> and, and there's something about them that knows to go the right way. I mean, there's certain things that we have that, not like I drop kids, okay? I, I want to get this. I'm getting a bad reputation. Uh, but we have certain abilities, but those things aren't going to help you in the business world. <laughs> yes, I'm here. Look it. I can land on my feet. Pretty good, huh? We, we need to learn how to communicate to other people. We need to be taught these things. How to interact, how to live our lives. And you see, that's where teaching and instruction comes into play. Because we have to be taught. We have to be instructed on how to live our lives. We are dependent for a long, long time. <laughs> Some of us longer than others. <laughs> but we
we are dependent, needing to learn because our lives involve a lot more than just a horse. But to learn correctly, to live our life in a way that makes sense of the world around us, it has to be connected to God. There has to be, first of all, the fear of the Lord that makes you want to step out and say, what is this God like? It brings understanding to death. It brings understanding to hardship. It brings understanding to our shortcomings. It brings understanding to how we have such difficulty interacting with each other. Recognition of God and what he has declared in Scripture gives us insight into the things that we need to learn to live our lives. One of the things that is usually the most difficult to talk about but is so foundational to what the Christian faith is about is the idea of sin. Whenever you think of sin, it's like, oh, no, here's bad news. We're going to talk about sin. Next, we're going to talk about hell. But you see, sin clarifies the problem we have. Sin clarifies where we are at in this world. Sound like Star Trek there. Never mind. <laughs> if I don't have recognition of what God says about my shortcomings, my depravity, my wickedness, the evil that is within me, then it doesn't make sense why I do the things I do. But having an understanding of what God has said that I am fallen, that I am broken, that my nature is damaged and is in need of repair, it fits in the world that we live in. It makes sense when you see how people treat each other. It makes sense when you see how people are so proudful and so hurting. It makes sense when I see how selfish and how stubborn I am. It makes sense in light of everything, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Recognition of what God has declared is the beginning of living a life in understanding and recognition how the world is. But the fool, he despises discipline. I don't need that. My own person. I don't have to say, I'm sorry. I'm going to live my life. I'm going to do my own thing. No one's going to stop me now. I, I've, I've got it together and this blindness comes in to place. The fool despises that. I don't want anything to do. I don't want anyone telling me what to do. Not even God. Who does, who does he think God is saying? Discipline. You don't want it. You move away from it and your life reaps the consequences. So, comes, here comes father and mother. 
tells us, listen, my son, to your father's instructions. Wouldn't that have been nice? And do not forsake your mother's teaching. Father's instructions, mother's teaching. Mother isn't just there to do the laundry, okay? Mother's teaching. This is Mother's Day, so I'm going to focus a couple things for you moms. I read this, and I thought this was pretty good about moms. When one of the moms heard, you know, well, what do you do as a mom? She said, I'm a wife, mother, friend, confidant, personal advisor, lover, referee, peacemaker, housekeeper, laundress, chauffeur, interior decorator, gardener, painter, wallpaper, dog feeder, manicurist, barber, seamstress, appointment manager, financial planner, bookkeeper, money manager, personal secretary, teacher, disciplinarian, entertainer, psychoanalyst, nurse, diagnostician, taxi driver, public relations expert, dietitian, nutrition, baker, chef, fashion coordinator, amen, travel agent, speech therapist, and letter writer for both sides of the family. <laughs> you win. <laughs> I too will bow. You see, both the father and mother are involved in this instruction and teaching. And it's not just, okay, this is red. The apple is red. This is, you know, it's not just that kind of teaching. It's instruction and teaching connected to God. That's what it's about. It's not just giving information. It's giving the information that is necessary to live a life in this world with the right perspective. And if we would honor those who have lived this life before us, especially those who have walked in the ways of the Lord to give us guidance, then we would gain understanding. Then we would be wise. We we shouldn't forsake these things. It would be a garland to grace her neck and a chain to adorn us. It would be something that would be upon us continually. And just like a garland, it, it decorates your, your or a necklace would just kind of give uh, luxury to you. So listening to this instruction, listening to these teachings would help. Just the other day, I was talking with someone about kids. And it wasn't until I actually had children that so many things started making sense about my mom. It's like, oh, that's what she meant when she says, I pray you get one just like you. <laughs> <laughs> And, and I had twins. Because <laughs> Corrine's parents prayed the same thing. All of a sudden, there was new insights into the things that she said and the things that she did. All of a sudden, there was an awareness of someone has walked where I'm walking now. And of course, you would think, yeah, so okay, I'll, I'll listen. Uh, still stubborn. Still stubborn. 
I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to do it that way. I'm going to find my own road. But you know what? So many times you find yourself going, ah, they were right. They were right. Don't like to admit it. And I'm waiting for the day when it comes back around when my kids will say, you were right, Dad. Yes! You know, it's going to be one of those moments. And I've prayed the same prayer. I pray the Lord gives you <laughs> twins. <laughs> Are we open, first of all, to teaching and instruction that is connected to God, that has the right perspective? Are we willing to not only hear it from our parents, are we willing to hear it from the Lord himself as it's been declared in Scripture? Are we open to receive this so that our lives can be lives that are wisdom, prudent, disciplined? Also, are we in a position to instruct and teach with this recognition? One of the things that my wife did with our children, our boys especially, is she went through the Proverbs over and over and over again. In fact, we were just visiting with my son Samuel, and we were talking to him about some things that he's going through, and she said, stay away from the corner, Samuel. Stay away from the corner. If you've gone through Proverbs, you know what the corner means. The, the, the idle man, the fool, he's just hanging out at the corner, just spending his time, not doing anything, but then there's you know, that Jezebel lady around the corner. And it, all she had to do was say, stay away from the corner, Samuel. You know what I mean? And he's like, yeah, Mom, I know what you mean. Just stay away from the corner. But she went through the Proverbs with him, just, Lord, please let something simmer into their heads, you know, and, and come back later that they would have this understanding of a life that is connected to you and is recognition of you, a life that fears you, that you are there around them, not to, to punish them or pounce upon them, but this whole creation belongs to you. It is your work at work, and we are a part of it. And, and it's an amazing thing. And it's like standing over a cliff thinking, wow, this, this is, I'm living, I, I'm breathing every breath by, by your mercy, by your grace, by your miracles. I live this life. I go to sleep and I don't think, am I going to stop breathing tonight? I better stay up and make sure I keep breathing. It just happens. Some days easier than others with allergies, but I mean, it just happens. And I don't have to worry about those things. Why? Because God is at work masterfully. And I am in the midst of his creation. There is a sense of awe I need to be aware of all the time. And if we would have that recognition, then we could start living lives the right way that are connected to God, that have an understanding that is bigger than our own, that we can live in a lives of wisdom. And, and so this morning, I guess the bottom line of what I hope I portray or it comes across is that your life, my life, needs to be connected to God. 
whether we recognize it or not, we are dependent on him for every breath. Are we aware of it? We need to instruct and teach our children and those around us to be mindful of these things. To be aware of this relationship with the living God so that it will guard us, so that it will lead us and guide us. If we don't have this perspective, our lives are going to be out of skew. If we do have it, we're going to gain knowledge. We're going to gain understanding. We're going to develop wisdom. So my prayer is that we would develop that. Let's pray. Father, even as I have shared these things, I am aware of my need for so much more. I'm aware of my life that goes on daily without the fear of you, without that awe, without that recognition, without that fear and trembling of my life being connected to you. And God, I need that. And I pray that I would not be a fool and reject discipline, that I would listen and gain understanding, and that as a parent, the things that I share would be connected to you. Father, help us to live these lives that are connected to you. And Lord, even right now, we want to give you honor. We want to give you worth as we sing a few songs in recognition of you, in worship to you. Father, I pray that our minds and our hearts would surrender, would bow before you and say, God, I acknowledge that you are God. You are God. I want to live my life in recognition of this fact every day of my life. Lord, may that take place even now as we worship you in these songs. You know, there's something about a mother's love that uh, doesn't stop. In fact, sometimes I have to tell my wife, stop. <laughs> you know, don't, you don't need to do that. You need to let them go. But there's something about a mom who just says, I can't. There's something about that love that, that reaches and reaches and reaches, that makes it difficult. And it's a love that doesn't do things that make sense sometimes. We went and visited our son Samuel in North Carolina. He's leaving tomorrow, being deployed to go to Afghanistan, we believe. And instead of taking time off and going to the Grand Canyon to walk on the Skywalk or to go to New York or, or go somewhere else, we chose to go to North Carolina and hang out at a military base. Why? Because we love North Carolina and military bases? No. Because we love our son. And my wife couldn't stop hugging the kid. 
She couldn't stop holding him. She couldn't stop leaning on him. She couldn't stop. She was just touchy, touchy, touchy with him like a mom. I was jealous. <laughs> but what I want you to know is your God feels that way about you. He can't let you go. He can't stop reaching for you. He wants to be with you. But you don't understand, God. I'm, I'm in North Carolina on an army base or wherever that is in your life. You don't understand the, the junk I'm in. You don't understand where I'm at. It doesn't matter. He loves you. He loves you. And I believe that God has given us this family, this understanding of, of what a, a, a father is supposed to be, what a mother is supposed to be, to give us a clearer understanding of who he really is. There is a, a love that comes from a father. There is a love that comes from a mother. And both represent God in a mysterious way. And on this Mother's Day, I hope you understand God's love for you that doesn't let go that like a mother just cannot give you up, cannot let you go. That's how your God loves you. So wherever you're at, understand that, how much he cares for you and is waiting for you just to respond, that you would turn to him wherever you're at. It's never too late to turn to him. What we want to do now, we have a little gift for all of you moms. We've got some roses in the back. We're going to give you a rose. I hope this rose represents that you are loved, that God loves you. And what I'd like to do is if you are here and you have your mom here, if you would go to the back and get a rose, there's a rose and there's also just a little card that says Happy Mother's Day. If you would... Go and take that rose and bring it back to your mom. So if there's those of you who have your children here, you can go and bring that to your mom. And if not, if you are here and you don't have your children with you, someone will bring you that rose. Um, and so why don't we have, again, the mom stand. And you kids, if you're here with your mom, why don't you go on back while Danny's going to be doing another song. You can go on back and get a rose. If you haven't gotten a rose, the guys, the ushers, please make sure that all the moms have a rose. If you have your rose, you may be seated. Love is a, a delicate thing, like a rose. I had to put them in a room and, and turn the air conditioning on yesterday so that they didn't all die. And love is very delicate. It's, it's very frail and it needs to be nurtured. It needs to be invested in so that it can bloom. I hope you recognize how great you are loved. Maybe, you know, it's a touching thing I, as I'm watching these kids bring the, the parents to their moms and then the moms bringing the, the flowers to their moms. And it's, 
you could tell there's just an emotional thing. Flowers are great, what they do. Guys, don't underestimate the power of the flower. <laughs> Duct tape and flowers fix anything. <laughs> That expression of love, that simple expression of handing a rose and saying, I, I love you. Happy Mother's Day. I recognize you. It's a powerful thing. God demonstrated his love for us while we were sinners. He died for us. I heard just recently that... Uh, Keanu Reeves and one of the producers from the movie uh, The Day the Earth Stood Still were in Italy and they went into one of the cathedrals and as they were there someone came up to Keanu Reeves and said can you autograph my Bible and you know Keanu Reeves said okay you know that's a first and he signed the guy's Bible and he goes that's never happened before and they stood before this cross and the person he was with was a believer and he looked at the cross and he says isn't that beautiful and Keanu Reeves says, I don't see any beauty there at all. And his friend said, if he did that to save your wife and children, would it be beautiful then? And he goes, yeah, it would be beautiful then. Greater love has no one than this. Then he laid down his life for his friends. God loves you guys perfectly, completely. Recognize that. Embrace it. Don't run from it. Acknowledge it in your life. That it might bloom, that it might blossom, that your lives would flourish in that way. God bless you guys. Let's stand together. One more song, Danny. Happy Mother's Day. You guys hang out for a little bit. There's more roses back there too, so if you're going to go visit someone, another mom, you can take them. Don't go take all of them. God bless you guys. Have a... A great day.